0: It is indeed. Welcome to Monday evening. It is uh, eight minutes after seven o'clock. John Scholes here, your host, along with senior associate Andrew Goldberg in the chair to answer all of your questions. Sam Firu to Markin LLP. That is the firm where you want to go. Most positive reviews you can get from an employment law firm would be owned by this particular firm. You can check that out and uh, see what I'm talking about. That is across the country. By the way, serving everybody here in Ontario and BC and Alberta as well. Want to reach out to Andrew tonight over the course of the next forty-five minutes or so. You have questions about employment law, severance, been let go. You're a contractor; has contract hasn't been renewed. COVID nineteen questions, vaccine questions. We've been answering all of these for weeks. It's a really, really super hot topic. So four one six. Eight seven zero sixty four hundred four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred lines are open. We're ready to go. Andrew is ready to go. So uh, have at her, as they say, and uh, and bring on the questions. We will do that, and along with that, we'll get to how to properly uh, calculate severance, and we'll get to some employment law, true and false, some myths possibly, depending how you round them out. But first, week that was, brother. What's going on your end? Hey John, how are you? Good, buddy. I'm ready to. Uh, I'm ready to do it. So what's uh, what do you got for us for the week that was?
1: Well. One thing I wanted to discuss uh, for this week's show uh, were individuals who are classified as contractors or independent contractors on paper. Uh, There's many people I speak to that are paid, you know, through their HST corporation. They're not Mm -hmm. on payroll. And, you know, over the course of the pandemic and and often lately, uh, these individuals come to speak to me. And it's funny because they're not necessarily outright told okay, that they're fired from the job or their contract's going to be terminated. Sometimes these contractors, so to speak, are just told by their, you know, the company, their employer, that, you know, look, there's a shortage of work in light of the pandemic. We don't have work for you right now. We'll kind of let you know when we have work for you again. So it's this kind of weird limbo phase that they're kind of put into and just said, hey, we don't really have anything for you. We'll let you know. But, you know, what's really important for our listeners to realize is the classification of your um, nature of your, your work, your the characterization of your work, if you're called a contractor because a piece of paper calls you a contractor, or if you're called a contractor simply because you know, you're not on payroll and you, you invoice for your work and you're paid your invoices, has nothing to do necessarily at all with whether you're going to be considered a contractor or an employee at law. So the vast majority of these individuals who come to me um, and say, hey, I'm a contractor, I'm being told that there's no work for me, what do I do? In essence, these people are employees. I mean, they work full-time for one company. The company provides all the tools, the equipment. A lot of times they have a business card with the company's name, you know, at companyabc.com, which is the most common thing we see. And, uh, you know, their email signature line has the company's information and, and picture on it. So, you know, these individuals will be treated exactly like an employee would, and if they're told, hey, you know, we don't have work for you necessarily, they have every right to treat that as a termination and pursue a severance package. So you don't have to sit idly by. Uh, certainly, you can, if you're one of these people, give us a call and uh, we can see what we can do to pursue something for you.
0: And, uh, by the way, to reach out afterwards, if you don't want to talk on air, want a lengthier conversation with Andrew or a member of uh, his crew, his team at the firm, you could do that. 1-855-821-5900. That's the number you'll want to use. 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And, you know, speaking of contractors, and it's uh, it can be a little confusing Uh, Again, even before the phone call, if you want a little more information, there's a pretty good section of it on uh, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. There's a good section on whether or not you are a contractor, what makes you a contractor, what doesn't. It'll clear some of the air for you, so you can uh, have a look at that one as well. Uh, We can either discuss something else if you got to, Andrew, or you can move on to the true and false. It's up to you. And, of course, the phone calls, 416-870-6400. So uh, where do you want to go, pal?
1: Well, we can, we can just jump back in. I mean, you know, and a second thing that uh, goes without saying that um, shouldn't be surprising to anyone is, is the idea of the, the vaccines, right? I mean, this is uh, something we're seeing. It's easily the most prevalent issue right now, um, you know, across the country is mandatory vaccination. And, you know, we've received more calls than you can ever imagine from people who want to know what their rights are. Do I have to get vaccinated um, if I don't? You know, am I going to get fired? Do I get severance? How does this whole thing work? And, you know, it's just yet another example of a kind of COVID-centric issue that's arisen over the last 18 months that is relatively new, right? I mean, there's a lot of issues that have come up that, you know, are new to everybody and and we're navigating through it. So, you know, for those out there um, listening, when it comes to being vaccinated, uh, certainly there are going to be many situations that an employer uh, cannot force you to be vaccinated in the sense that if you refused, you would still be entitled to your severance, right? So at the end of the day, these policies can be put in place. A lot of them are legitimate and a lot of people, depending on the workforce or whether the um, policy is mandated by the government you know you'll right. have to go go and get your vaccine and if you don't you might have problems but for others you know an employer can certainly have this policy in place the question more so is do i have to get it or not the question is if i don't do i still get severance and there are a lot of mm-hmm. people out there that that would still get
2: severance if they refused
0: let's slide over to our first phone call of the evening bob thank you so much for hanging on for a moment how are you i'm good how are you C- couldn't be better what's on your mind today my friend
2: okay so i work for a, a major canadian corporation uh, and their uniform is the uh, the union and they all seem to be uh, totally behind this we have to sign an attestation for our, our vaccinations so what i want to know is is that a change in my employment uh, uh terms of employment um constructive dismissal, and I'm getting towards the end of my career, can I cash out and get the lump sum of my defined uh, benefit pension and walk out the door with the cash? What do you think?
1: Right, so you're you're unionized? Yes. Right, so the thing is, unfortunately, when you're part of a unionized workforce um, and, and a bargaining unit, that uh, is subject to like a collective agreement through a union, you know, you, we can't, as an outside law firm, represent you in any employment issue you have as it relates to you know, constructive dismissal. It'd be ha- it would have to be something you'd grieve through your union, right? So unfortunately, um, whether right or wrong or appropriate or inappropriate, it's something that your union has negotiated or ostensibly discussed or negotiated with the employer and it would be for your union to support the employees and saying, no, this is inappropriate to ask for this uh, attestation confirming that you've been vaccinated or not. So it would have to be something that would go through an internal process. So unfortunately, we, we could not help you there.
2: Um, it, would, it would have to be union based. Do you think the concept in itself has any merit?
1: Certainly, I, I do. I mean, it was something I just uh, discussed before you got on the call, but it, it's going to be situational, right? So if you work for a workforce where, you know, the government has mandated mandatory vaccination policies, then it'll be, and part of that mandatory vaccination policy is that you have to attest as to whether or not, you know, you've been vaccinated. That's going to create more of a problem for you as an employee to claim constructive dismissal. But if you're not part of that group and your employer is not, you know, subject to putting in mandatory uh, policies through the government, then yes, that could be a basis of a constructive dismissal claim to ask for that type of information, certainly. So it'll be situation specific, but also in light of the fact that you're unionized in the first place, um, there's not going to be much that we can we can do for you in any event.
0: Bob, appreciate the time and the phone call this evening. And that just doesn't go for your firm, does it, Andrew? That's that's overall, uh, you know, employment lawyers can't step into to union business uh, at any rate, can they?
1: Yes, it's not just a uh, secret rule against St. Huh. Peter's <laughs> to not help unionized workers. It is, unfortunately, when you're part of a union, you've agreed to have a union represent your workforce. And in having a union represent uh, your workforce or at least a segment of your workforce, uh, you've yeah. agreed to use their counsel, their lawyers. So they're technically already retained to act for you. So in light of that, uh, an outside lawyer can't come in. There are some instances where outside counsel can act in a human rights context and go to the human rights tribunal, but mm-hmm. not not for a constructive dismissal or, or a termination or a severance-type scenario.
0: Yeah, we're going to get to the employment law, true and false, after a short break, but uh, those phone calls, bring them on. Love talking to you, 416-870-6400, to reach out and contact Andrew and his team confidentially. Email help at employmentlawyer.ca, and the number again, 1-855-821-5900. Get the compensation you deserve, advice you need, reach out to them, getting thousands of Canadian results from coast to coast. That would be Sanfiru, Tamarkin, LLP. More Employment Law Show is on the way this Monday evening. We'll, uh, we'll do that uh, right after uh, a short break right here at Global News Radio.
1: Welcome back to the Employment Law Show. On Global News Radio.
0: Welcome back indeed. 416-870-6400. Andrew Goldberg, Senior Associate, Sam Firu, Tamarkin LLP, taking all your calls, answering all the questions. And to bring those on, 416-870-6400. 416-870-6400. Just getting a line or two uh, all lined up here, and we'll, uh, we'll get to it. And then some employment law, true or false. These things you may not know, but you will in the next 15 minutes. Got uh, John on the line. Hi, John. Good evening
2: show
0: guys thanks man Um, appreciate it what's on your mind
2: i just got a question so like my company they're um they want they want they don't they're telling me that i don't need to take the vaccine but i do if i come into the office need to take a test so my question is is i found a law from 2017 called the gna act which i think was Bill c20 or c23 i can't remember exactly um That basically says they can't ask for tests. It'd be like saying, "Okay, you need to take a test uh, to prove you don't have AIDS. Uh, You need to take a test to prove you don't have, uh, you know, this in you or that in you, you know, some medical thing." So I'm just wondering, like, do I? I shouldn't even have to take the test. They they shouldn't be able to ask me that by law. Whether it's mandated or not doesn't matter.
1: Well, okay. So there's a lot of moving parts to your your point there. So the first thing is. You know, if it's mandated at law, if if the government legislates that they, you know, you have to either get vaccinated or get testing, um, there's nothing the employer can do. The employer has to listen to the laws that apply to them. in, In such an instance, you know, the issue would be less with the employer and more with the government policy in and of itself, which is an issue kind of outside the scope of employment law. But, you know, employers, to some degree it has to be understood that they're going to follow the law in doing what they're doing. If the appropriateness of that law is another
2: question. So, uh, you But know, there is no law. But there is no right, law. Right, right, right. So, so guess, it's only a mandate. So right now there is no law. The only law yeah. is the GNA Act.
1: Okay. So um, when it comes to testing in the workplace, you know, again, a lot of what we're discussing today, the the law is an ever-evolving thing based on society and what's happening and and things that are moving. That's how our system works, right? We have a system based on precedent and things are changing over time. So right now, there aren't like a plethora of decisions that we can draw on and say, okay, well this this judge said this, that judge said that, so therefore this is that. We're kind of navigating uncharted waters, so to speak. However, with that said, employers, if they're going to give the employees an opportunity to avoid being vaccinated through testing, that is something that very well could be upheld. Um, I understand that testing is not going to be appropriate in all circumstances. Also, all all tests are not equal, right? Like, if you have to draw blood from someone, if someone has to go through some crazy eight-step physical process to to get tested, that's another thing. But the rapid testing... Um, is, you know, less invasive than others. And there are going to be quite a few instances when an employer can say, look, we're, we're mandating a vaccination policy. You don't have to get vaccinated per se, but if you don't, we want you to take a rapid test before coming onto the workplace. That could be
2: upheld. Yeah, but it's, again, what can they upheld it? Like, you're telling me that there isn't a law, but they can, upheld it, they can uphold it anyway. That's what you're oh. telling me. I'm like, well, hold something.
1: That's not a law. Well, there is. Well, there's the Occupational Health and Safety Act, which necessitates that employers do what they need to do to ensure a healthy and safe workplace for their employees. If there's genuine, if there's reasonability in in having testing to just ensure that COVID is not spreading in the workplace, there are there are cases so far where where different employers have been able to uh, get away with imposing testing in the workplace and different arbitrators have upheld that um, on the basis of a health and safety health and safety act in ontario
0: so andrew couldn't couldn't the employer also if they this person obviously okay you don't want to get vaccinated fine that's your choice now you don't want to go for the uh you don't want to get tested it would cost them but at that point they could be let go from their employer right
1: they could be let go from their employer uh, and they could be let go for cause for not abiding by the policy and they may not get any severance i mean what's what's difficult about this situation is like there's not necessarily an objective right or wrong because people have different beliefs about what should be and what should not be but ultimately there's going to be a bit of a balancing act and you know we're not here you know saying that we're not speaking for vaccines or speaking against vaccines or for testing or against that thing. We're just speaking to what we, as a firm, believe the legal implications are for different things happening in the workplace, right? So based on kind of all, all different sorts of factors, right? So And, and if, if an employer is going to give employees an out by allowing a rapid test before coming into work, that could mm-hmm. be very well something that's upheld.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, you know it's, we've been saying that for the last few weeks on this show here and across the country. It's not a show about politics or medicine. It's a show about law, and I mean there's a lot of crossover between the two and confusion. But generally, you just you're just giving out the information as it surrounds the law, common and otherwise. But uh, 416-870-6400, that is the number to call in and ask your questions. In the meantime, we got time. So employment law, true or false? Let's get to some of these quick and dirty. First one is this. I don't need a lawyer to help me get my full severance. I can underline full severance. I can just call the old Ministry of Labor. True or false, Andrew? He asked knowingly. (laughs)
1: Yes. So, yes. I mean, that's one that uh, we talked about dozens of times, and um, the Ministry of Labour cannot, that's a fault, the Ministry of Labour cannot get you your full severance. The Ministry of Labour is only able to secure for you your minimum severance entitlements, which, you know, in a lot of cases, and this is <clears throat> kind of the, the extent of the difference, but, you know, your minimum entitlement under the Employment Standards Act to be eight weeks. That's what mm-hmm. the Ministry of Labour might be able to get for you. Your full severance at common law could be 24 months. It could be 104 right. weeks, two years. Yeah. So that's the difference of about 22 months. Um, it's about 12 times more, right? So if you went to the Ministry of Labor, the Ministry of Labor might say, ah, oh, sure, no problem. We'll get your eight weeks. Here's your eight weeks. And then if you come speak to me and say, Andrew, I got eight weeks from the Ministry of Labor. Can you get me anything else? I have to say, unfortunately, no, I cannot because once you go down that road with the Ministry of Labor, you can't pursue anything different. And actually, you're getting rid of all your entitlements to your full severance by doing so.
0: Employment law, true or false? Before we give you the answer, see if you can play along and answer some of these, how well you've been listening to the show for the last nine years. Here's the next. My employer can fire me for, oh, I don't know, to cut costs because they want to hire somebody new, because I was late for work, or because I wore the wrong color socks, or I listened to... uh, bts i don't know whatever whatever reason is they can fire you how about that
1: for the most part that is actually true
0: okay <laughs> i so, know
1: so the question i mean we had a big sock controversy at the office a while back so now no one wears blue socks or any market we against, <laughs> against those in the workplace but the question more so isn't can you get fired the question is if you i mean and this is something i also have to talk to people about all the time Yep. It's not about whether or not you can get fired. Yeah, you can get fired. It, like it's it's like any law. The law can be broken, can someone break this law? Sure, but that's not the question. The question is more so what are my entitlements if it happens, right? Mm-hmm. So, you can t- employer might say I'm getting rid of you. I don't like you you might like the Miami Dolphins football team <laughs> and and we are are dedicated Eagles fans here, so we're getting rid of you. We don't like your all your yeah. Dolphins talk. So, We're firing you. Sure, no problem. Do that. But you have to pay that person their severance, right? So that's the question. Are you owed severance or not owed severance? And the question is, if your employer fires you for reasons that, you know, seem kind of frivolous or unrelated to anything, that's fine. They just have to give you your severance. Now, the only issue is an employer cannot fire you for discriminatory reasons, like, like if you have a medical disability, mental health issues, or you're a woman who's pregnant trying to come back from a maternity leave or <clears throat> because of your race, your ethnicity, something like that. And you also can't be fired because you filed a harassment complaint, um, and they, that's a reprisal against you. But outside of those reasons, sure, an employer can let you go, but they have to pay you your severance.
0: So you can also say, you know what, if Miami Dolphins eventually win a Super Bowl, maybe we'll keep you on, but who knows if that's going to happen. But it's the uh, the employment law, true or false. How about that, 416-870-6400, the number you want to call. Play along, call in if it's something completely different than what we're talking about. That's okay. Vaccine stuff, uh, severance questions. We have it for the remainder of the show tonight, so bring it on. Okay, next one. My employer can change my level of pay and workload whenever they want. They are the boss, after all. How about that?
1: Well, I mean – it would be nice if they reduce the workload and raise the pay, and then I'm sure no one would complain. Um, but, uh, but uh, what? And ultimately, the situation is: if your employer can reduce your pay, they can change your workload. But the question becomes: does that amount to a constructive dismissal?
0: Right. And
1: and Likely, if your pay is reduced in, in any way significantly, then you'll have a valid constructive dismissal claim. If your hours are reduced such that your pay is also reduced, then also that would be a constructive dismissal. You could pursue your severance in that situation as
2: well.
0: You want to reach out to Andrew, by the way, when the show is done, anytime or a member of uh, his crew, it's really simple. Here's a couple different ways. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. You got one 821 5900 And more information on the side, free and anonymous, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca as well. Okay, we'll continue, true or false. Um, there are completely different severance rules for federally regulated employees, and this is something we get a call about, I'm, f- I'm federally regulated or I'm provincially regulated. What's the difference, Andrew? What's the difference?
1: Well, your full severance entitlement is exactly the same. So if you're federally regulated, you're provincially regulated, your full common law severance entitlement will be exactly the same, so the, the kind of short answer to that question is false. Now your minimum entitlements under you know being federally or provincially regulated they might be different but 99 well that's probably not, but in the 90% in the 90% of the time you know you can get around any provision that would attempt to limit your entitlements so the vast majority of people are owed their full severance entitlements which would make absolutely no difference for federally regulated or provincially regulated employees
0: So there you go. Any more questions, bring them on. We still got time on the phone, 416-870-6400. Your employer has legal cause to fire you if your insurance provider cuts you off LTD, long-term disability benefits, while you are on disability leave. How about that? True or false?
1: Okay, so that's a big false. I mean, and this is something we see all the time, which is, you know, people go off work for medical reasons. They say, employer, I need a medical leave of absence. I'm having medical issues. Here's a note from my doctor, doctor saying, I must be off work. At the same time as being off on this leave, the employee sees in their benefits plan that, oh, we actually qualify for long-term disability coverage. So they apply to get Mm long-term disability benefits, and they're approved. And, you know, lo and behold, six months later, the LTD company, the insurer, says, ah, well, we think you're good enough to go back to work. We're cutting you off now no more payment. And then the, employee, the employer rather comes in and says, well, we've heard from your insurer that you're cut off because they think you should be able to go back to work. If you don't come back to work by X date, then we're firing you for cause or we're treating you to have abandoned your job. And as long as that employee still has you know, doctors, qualified medical practitioners, supporting the need for them to be off work, it doesn't matter that the ltd insurer has cut them off they still have the right to be off work and if they're and the employer can't just blindly listen to the insurer the employer has to consider the medical of your own doctors your own treating practitioners and if they fired you while you were off on a leave because your ltd was cancelled not only would that be you know a without cause termination only would you get severance but you get human rights damages as well because it's clearly discriminatory to fire someone who has medical issues
0: yeah, it's interesting to note as well, your your medical team, your medical practitioners are the gatekeeper of, of of what goes on in the workplace and for your disability as far as that's concerned. We'll talk a little more about that later on, I'm sure. But uh, in the meantime, 416-870-6400. Hello, Leslie. How are you?
1: I'm okay. How are you?
0: Still fogging up a mirror. What's uh What's going on in your mind? What can we do for you? I'm just
1: curious. If I am considered incorporated – well, I am incorporated – but mm. uh, working for the same company and they've had me on a schedule for sixteen years and told me when I could take vacation, told me I had to adhere to a schedule. Am I an employee? Great question. Hi Leslie, do you do you work for anybody else or no? Nobody. Nobody okay. else. Okay. And how many hours are you working a week? Oh, at least forty. Okay, and um so they set the schedule, tell you when you can take time off. Um, do they provide any of the equipment or tools you use? No, it's my own laptop. The only thing they provide, um, yes, is their work phone. So I have their work phone. Um, yeah, so they provided okay. that. Well, I mean, look, to me, it, it certainly sounds like regardless of the fact that you get paid through your own company, um, <clears throat> you'd be at law and considered an employee uh, okay. who would be entitled to severance um, if you were let go, mainly because you're completely economically dependent on this company and this company dictates your schedule and what you do and they're even providing you a work phone. And, you know, if you were a true contractor, you would look more like a company. You'd have multiple clients. You would tell them, right. you, know, you know, this could company I... I can work this time, that time, but not this time or the other time. I mean, you know, you're more equals with equal bargaining power. You're you're like a supplier, a vendor. But in your situation, it's very clear that, you know, you're just one person working for this company. If you were put on payroll, would anyone ever question that you were an employee? Probably not, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I think certainly you you would be treated as an employee at law. And, you know, that could mean you have entitlements right now, whether it be overtime pay or holiday pay or things like that. Or if you're eventually fired, you would be owed, you know, likely your severance entitlement. So if if it's something that if you have a specific issue in the workplace that, you know, we've obviously worked there for 16 years and you're bringing this up now. So if if there's something that that has come up that's giving you read, then, okay. Yeah. There, yes, there is. Mm -hmm. Okay. So but I mean, try. you're 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 welcome to give us a call and and we can go through those issues with you. And, I love um, that. and, and mm-hmm. yeah, 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 I'm going to give
0: it to you. Uh, yep, I'll give it to you right now, Leslie. As we as we part ways, uh, here's how you reach Andrew and his team uh, after the show, and uh, moving forward, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, one eight five five eight. Two one fifty nine hundred. You can write that down and email is simply help at employmentlawyer.ca. ca. Let's uh, move on down the line to Sean. Hey Sean, thanks for standing by for a few minutes. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Good sir, what's uh, what's going on with you? What's on your mind?
3: Yeah, so basically uh, with the mandates and such. Now, I've already had COVID. I I had it a while back, um, and, uh, you know, I recovered. I was fine. I was a healthy individual. Um, So my thing is, you know, I've I've requested this. I've told my employer, look, I can prove to you that I've had COVID. I have antibodies. The antibodies are quite robust. uh, There's data coming out of Israel right now, 700,000 people, and they've actually shown that the antibodies that COVID provides you is actually just as robust, if not better than the vaccination. This is a real thing. This is not made up um, and you can actually get these antibody tested. You can do semi-quantitative antibody testing. You can do full on IgG antibody testing and you can do um, there's one more thing, but the bottom line is that can prove that we are beyond a shadow of doubt. It actually proves that you have antibodies. It's, it's like getting a vaccination and then testing. So my question is, I've suggested this. I've said, look, I don't want to get a thing poked up my nose. I, I, I know I've had COVID. I've survived it. I'm, I'm a healthy individual. And when I say healthy, I mean the last time I had a can of Coke was 10 years ago, okay, and bread or anything like that. Like, I don't eat crap. I'm very concerned about my health. So in general, I'm I, you know, I breathe through COVID, not an issue. I've got the antibodies, um, you know, and... and uh I've suggested, look, let me get antibody testing. I'll prove to you guys that I'm safe. And if I'm sick, I stay home, which is an, an, an issue. I, I'm fine to do that. Now, if they fire me over that, because I'm not providing, you know, this, this mandated stuff, this nonsense, um, can I sue them if I can prove it?
1: Well, <clears throat> I mean, would you not still have to get tests to get the antibody test? Like, does that I'm,
3: happy, I'm very happy getting that blood test. Because that's, that blood test is, a, is absolute proof. It, so if you have a vaccination, there is no proof yet that you actually still can, uh, you, you, you've mounted an immune response. Now, It's true that the immune response is quite good after you get the vaccine. But Israeli data, this is actual good medical data, is proving that the vaccination drops off. In terms of its actual provision of antibodies, it drops off on a monthly basis at about 40% per month. So Israel right now is on a third wave. They're literally saying that they need to start doing third boosters because the data is proving it. The data is also showing that.
0: Well, we'll Sean, we'll answer answer the employment question anyway.
3: Yeah. so,
1: So, Sean, here's the issue. The issue is, you know, we're not in the business of the science of the vaccines, the science of antibodies, of getting COVID and the repercussions of that or the transmission rates or the. Studies behind the transmission rates, hospitalization. Like we're not scientists; we're not in the business to do that, right? So our our involvement is simply from a legal perspective, and what are based on our experience, and based on you know what the government has issued to date, what the law has been to date, to give an idea as to what would likely happen in the event of you know someone refusing to be tested or vaccinated, and what that outcome could be. You could tell me all day and all night why that's stupid and makes no sense. Uh, but it's not really for, I'm not going to be the one to, to, to ch- like, we're not changing it. Like, we're, you know, ultimately, right. the, the law is the law based on a bunch of things that are already established. So I'm not here going to, ref- like, if you don't, a lot of people don't like the answers we give. People who, are, people who think that everyone should be vaccinated across the board, no matter what, no exception. People that want nothing to do with the vaccination or testing at all. Both people, groups of people are not necessarily happy with the outcomes, um, but that's not really our concern. Our concern is, here's what we think the state of the law is based on what we know. And based on what we know, if the employer were to permit you to go without vaccination, but in order to do so, you'd have to get a rapid test, uh, that would likely fly. That would likely be upheld. And I understand your principled reasons for agreeing to say, okay, well, I'll get this antibody test, but I'm not really for the rapid test, but it doesn't change the reality that, you know, they're both tests. Like, I don't think it would go very far to say, well, I don't agree to get this rapid body test simply by virtue of the fact that it's mandated, but I will do this other test because there's at the end of the day, both tests and they're both invasive to some degree. I mean, one is drawing blood. One is a a Q-tip or whatever that goes into mm-hmm. your nose. I mean, there's, there's you yep. can argue what's more invasive, but but at the end of the day, employers will likely get away with um, having the implementation of testing in the workplace as a substitute right. for vaccinations. It's just the way that it likely will be, for better or for worse. And you know, apologies to people that aren't overly fond of, of that. And, and again, it's not yep. something that that I've mandated, but it is what it is.
0: Let's get to uh, Garen, probably last call of the night. Garen, what's up, pal?
2: Sorry, are you talking to me?
0: Yeah. Hello.
2: Hey, John. This is uh, Hey, what's Larry. up? And, uh, hey, buddy. I'm with an LTD insurer. And
0: Oh, I, uh, Mr. Corcoran. Go... Hey, buddy.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I want to go back to the call uh, one before, real quick, and let them know that, look, if I, the bad guy, I work in the insurance industry, have cut you off on long-term disability. There Mm -hmm. is no connection between that and your employment status. If your employer is trying to leverage my LTD denial or termination of your claim, you need to talk to a lawyer and I believe there's one sitting right next to you, or very near to you, John. <laughs> That's
0: right, Terry. You're exactly right. appreciate the uh, Appreciate the call, Terry. By the way, is a uh, a fan and contributor. The show has been for a long time, and in the insurance, uh, long-term disability insurance industry for the past four decades. So he's got his. Uh, his you-know-what together. He's a pretty uh, pretty smart cat. And that's where we're going to leave it for tonight. You want to reach out to Andrew going forward. No problem here is how you do it. 1-855-821-5900. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. The website, free, anonymous, and email help at employmentlawyer.ca as well. We'll catch you again Wednesday night. Do not go anywhere. On Point is coming right back. Alex Pearson comes back on Global News Radio.